Hi, Andy here. Welcome back to the Being Human cast. I'm going to keep the intro really short this week and go straight into the promo and then we can get on with the show. So, hope you enjoy it. We know you want more Firefly or a Serenity sequel. We know you're just itching for one more shindig in the verse. What I'm talking about is Browncoat's Redemption, a not-for-profit independent film that picks up where the big damn heroes left off. But this time, it's a whole new adventure on a new ship and a new crew. Hi, I'm Casey Schultz, host of Browncoat's Radio, your podcast guide to all the inside information that you're not going to find on the Cortex. We'll talk to the creators, actors, and technical folk that are doing the impossible raising money for charities created or supported by joss whedon and the stars of firefly and serenity the movie hits theaters and dvd in september of 2010 so there's no time to waste we need every brown coat in the world on deck so if you're within the sound of my voice spread the word together we can be mighty catch the trailer auctions downloads and everything you need to know about the film on brown coats radio a feature of browncoatsmovie.com So, what have we got left to look forward to? Us refugees. The flotsam and jetsam of death. Maybe. If we still deserve such a thing as mercy, we find each other. Welcome back to another episode of Being Human Cast. And we have me, Susie. And uh, Andy. And we have a special guest with us joining us uh, for uh, this uh, episode. Tony, do I say hi? Hi. Yay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, hopefully some of you may know Tony um, online in various different forms and places. Um, she's a huge Being Human fan. And uh, she's here today to hopefully set us straight and, uh, and correct the constant stream of errors that I'm not sure that we keep making. So, um, best. yeah. So anyway, um, we're we're going to talk about the second episode of season two. Um, Susie has been a, a good girl, and she hasn't been watching ahead, so she has only seen the first two episodes. So, uh, so do I, will, I get a cookie? I can send you a virtual cookie. <laughs> I'll, I'll email you a picture of a cookie later if you like. Yeah, send it to me on Twitter or on Live Journal. That'll help my diet a lot. Thank you. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll go make a note now. Right. Star, send Susie cookie. There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll forget otherwise. I can't remember anything. So, anyway, um, episode two. Um, quick recap. Um, just try and remember what happens now. Uh, oh, um,. It starts off with the flashback of Mitchell um, trying to go clean the first time, which we bl- get the impression is of the turn of the, well, the start of the 20th century, um, from the way it's described. Um, and you get to meet Mitchell's uh, friend, whose name, I forgot, uh, Carl, that's it, you get to meet Carl. And then you Mitchell also... Is naked for that entire scene, which is rather lovely and tidy. It, it is, I agree with you. <laughs> It was nice. I don't care about the rest of the episode. That bit's just lovely. Okay, I, I can sort of see a direction starting already. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't actually noticed that he was naked, I must admit. Anyway, um, 
So, so Carl, Yen sort of flashback to the modern day, and Mitchell's bumbling along with Lucy and being very George-like, and um, they come across, well, don't really come across, but a dead body's brought into the hospital, and it turns out that it's Dan, who is Carl's boyfriend. And you, uh, and uh, Mitchell's obviously a bit freaked out by this. Um, you then the episode carries on, and it, I think the way this episode pans out, you've then got the whole bit where Lloyd discovers that Nina is a werewolf. You then have the whole bit with Carl uh, revealing to um, Mitchell the fact that he's pretty much he fell off the wagon, and this starts really making Mitchell question his own ability to stay clean. Uh, and then you've got the whole relationship with Sol and Annie, which. Uh, uh, I guess reaches a a peak at the end, but we'll sort of leave that for now. So, um, I mean, Susie, I guess what was your your first impressions, given that you've only, I guess, fairly recently seen this for the first time? I liked it. Um, I was surprised by a lot of things. I mean, especially whenever they were showing Mitchell's past with, you know, the the I cannot say his name for the life of me. Carl. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, not Carl. Um, oh. The pet. Trevor? Was it Carol? I thought it was something different. Okay, who are we talking no, about okay. now? The guy that died whenever... Dan. Yeah, because... Oh, Dan. I thought his name was something different. It seemed to me that he was more like a pet. He was kept there. And I didn't really catch on that that was his boyfriend until later on in the episode. And that kind of surprised me. You know, Mitchell was staying there with him, and he was helping him get clean. But then he fell off the wagon. The You know, the vampire fell off the wagon and killed his pet. Well, mm-hmm. boyfriend now. And that just, that threw me for a loop. Okay. That, that whole part of it just threw me for a loop. I was like, what in the world? So, I yeah, that made me think they're going to have Mitchell go back on the juice. Okay. Um, you told sorry, me not to watch pet, any I'm... more episodes. <laughs> when you said pet, I'm still thinking of the fish. <laughs> the fish that Mitchell bought Lucy. <laughs> oh, uh, is it is it this episode where he's asking Lucy how he can proceed with their relationship? And yes. he goes, shall I buy you another fish? And she's yeah. like, okay, you, you're just going weird again now. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. He sort of he turns into George for a bit. I mean, he does actually say, "Oh my God, I've turned into my flatmate," and it's just it's very sweet. I mean, I think that it sort of it shows Mitchell's human side quite well because as a vampire, he's very sort of cool and collected, and you know, he's Wade and said himself that the character's just sort of effortlessly cool all the time, and then he meets Lucy and just sort of turns into this gibbering wreck and sort of you know trips over himself all the time and. I think that was quite nice. It sort of shows a different side to him, I think. You know, it's sort of... Yeah, it was nice. It's a change, isn't it, in terms of his relationship because pretty much all the women that he's been with up until now have pretty much just been conquests for him, which generally end badly in terms of the fact that he, well, kills them. Um, And this is the first, you know, woman really for a long while that he's trying to have a proper relationship with and he wants it so badly that, yeah, he goes all George. And what's really funny is that you've then got that sort of the juxtaposition of that with George, who's a hell of a lot more confident and assured 
now to some extent than he was uh, back in uh, in season one. So it's really odd the way that they've turned the character around. But it's nice to see Mitchell a bit more vulnerable and a bit more human. Um, but you're seeing a role reversal, a definite role reversal mm. in this one of George acting like Mitchell, Mitchell acting like George. And it's that's that's kind of just thrown me a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, George is still. I don't think George is acting like Mitchell to such an extent. I mean, the the scene when uh, he takes Nina breakfast in bed, and then there's a few scenes later when Nina's sort of taking the piss. Oh, sorry. Can I swear on this? No, yeah, yeah, we're fine. We've got an explicit take. You can swear to your um, heart's content. It's fine. Yeah, she's sort of taking the piss out of him. So Mitchell asks, you know, where he is. And she says, oh, he's upstairs, probably making me a mixtape. You know, like sort of, you can sort of assume that he's been really sort of sucking up to her since he found out, obviously, what he did and trying to make amends in his own sort of clumsy way. I don't I don't think he'll ever be sort of as cool as Mitchell was, you know. No, but yeah, I think he's, he's a little bit more... I think it's just, you know, it's that whole combination of the fact that he's become comfortable with what he is. Yeah. Um, more so than he ever was before. Um, so, I, I guess, Susie, after that bit, you've got the bit with Sol, when Sol's in his flat and the guy on the TV is talking to him. Now, did you get the significance from a UK perspective of who the guy on the TV was? No. Okay. <laughs> he was some That's game show host. Was he supposed to be God or something? Uh, the devil. It's a it's, well, well, Sir, it's Sir Terry Wogan, isn't it? He, yeah. he has been. Yeah, he's been knighted. He, to have him in being human, that was, you know, they've huge. made it now. <laughs> oh, he, he's, oh. An, he's, a, he's an institution of broadcasting. He yeah. He, um, he, he's done everything, game shows for many, many years. He's had um, shows on, um, you know, main national radio stations. And also, I, I don't know if you've ever had the misfortune of hearing of the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, okay, the Eurovision Song Contest is a, is a thing awful. that happens. Absolutely awful. But watch. Oh, our American Idol. No, 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 no. This has been going. No, okay, complete aside here. Now, okay, well, part being human. Eurovision Song Contest has been going for many, many years, like 50, 40, 50 odd years now. And what it is is a song contest where representative for all the countries in Europe all sing a song on behalf of their nation. So you have a British entry, well, you have an English entry and uh, you have a French entry and a German entry and a Spanish entry and they all compete and and then all the nations around Europe vote and for the next door neighbour for the next well, yeah, <laughs> they vote and but you can't vote for yourself okay now it's got a little bit odd over the years because for example Israel is now in the Eurovision Song Contest now geographically last time I checked Israel isn't actually sort of in mainland Europe yes but they are very funny so well yeah so but but what's also sort of happened is there's now so many countries in it that there's like a qualifying round as well. But the UK always gets through because we fund like a third of the cost of running Eurovision. So therefore we always get in the final because we have like a pass Despite thing. Despite being absolutely awful. And I don't yeah. think we've had a point for about 10 years. I know, we came last this year, didn't we? I think, <laughs> I think we've come last for about five years, something like that. Which is really sure. funny because I don't know why it is we, we are not able to put a de- oh, I don't know. It's, it's a whole story. Anyway, yeah, the we're point. We're not allowed to enter somebody who's actually released the record. So yes. It's always some bloke that 
somebody's met down the pub singing karaoke and gets up or, there. Or it's like the guy that yeah, the guy that came third in X Factor or Britain's you know, or um Brit you know, Britain Idol or you know, it's like there's the runner up type person, you know, <laughs> is the one oh that So anyway, what happens now of course is that you've now got um, all the countries will vote for their neighbours. So you have all the Balkan states, and they all vote for each other and stuff. So to some extent, it doesn't actually matter anymore how good our song is, because it's really, really hard for us to get enough votes to do it. We don't have do any next-door neighbours. That's the trouble. No, and let's face it, we're generally disliked by most people. So, oh. yeah. But anyway, the whole point of this conversation, to get back to being human, is that for many, many years... lucky enough to present that. Well, he, up until about two years ago, I mean, because he's now retired from it, hasn't he? It's um, uh, Graham Norton. Graham Norton, now, so yeah. now, But for many, many years, Sir Terry Wogan presented this, and generally the run of the evening was he would start drinking at the start, and by the end of it, he was pretty much gone <laughs> but and his comments of the other nations got funnier and funnier as the evening went on so it was, it was like a, an institution you, you had to watch eurovision just to hear terry wogan taking the mick out of the other countries and oh my uh, gosh children in need as well he, he, oh yeah children in need he hosts that still does a morning radio show i mean he's just i mean he's like he's what 70 71 so he's oh like god now. knows um, yeah, he's been around he's forever. Retired from his morning breakfast radio show that he's done for years and years, and yeah. anyway, basically but, but, really famous, yeah, so. <laughs> huge, massive. I mean, you can't. It, 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 it's. I'm trying to think. It'd be like um, Bob oh. Barker. Yeah, or, or um, oh, I know. Oh. Uh, what's his face? The guy, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to think of. It'd be like Jay Leno appearing on a, a little tiny pro-cool TV show in, in the US. You know. <laughs> It, it's that kind of thing. So, um, so anyway, yes. And I just wanted to mention that because, from a, a UK perspective, it's obvious how big it is. But I know. From, it. Now it gives it a whole new, a whole new meaning to the show. Yeah, that you know, that's why he was so prominent in it. So, uh, anyway, um, that's pretty cool. So, um, okay, so I think we're done, aren't we? Um, <laughs> um, Okay, what else happened? At least we're managing not to talk about the weather this time, so that's definitely we, we no, did all no, that no. before we started recording. <laughs> yes, all all that's edited off the start, so uh, it, it's a British stereotype anyway. You have to talk about the weather. Uh, anyway, the um, you then get the whole anyway. You got the whole bit where Lloyd informs Kemp that Lena's a werewolf, and hey, guess what? We've got a full moon coming up, and we need a werewolf. And um, we've all seen from episode one what. Kemp and Lloyd do to werewolves, yeah. and uh, and oh, and Susie, please resist the urge to get into why the science makes no sense this time. All uh, right, all right. <laughs> Can I just say that? I mean, uh, Andy, you were at the premiere as well, weren't you? I yeah, yeah. For a bit, and I mean, obviously, we're doing episode two, not episode one, but that bit um, where they do blow up Galvin in the chamber. Yeah. Literally, the whole room just there was just this sort of sharp intake of breath, and everyone's sort of going. Oh my god, that's disgusting! That's absolutely and just, uh, just oh, the atmosphere in the room was just but all, brilliantly done. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, all I could think of the time was like, whoa, okay, they've just stepped this whole show up a whole bloody level. I mean, literally, the instant that happens, you think, okay, if that's just the opening bloody scene, where the hell are we going for the next? I know you're like cool. <laughs> I so a bit, I'm a bit gross. I love all the sort of the blood and guts and stuff. So that I I like that. Oh, they yeah, did a no, that's great. portrayal of that, too. That was really good. 
Do they have you got the trailers over there? I don't I don't know if we had that in our one over here actually, did we? Um no, I don't think they ever showed it on, yeah, on the trailers. I think we we tend to get different trailers over here. They make new ones for you. <laughs> yeah. So well, I mean, the the US haven't started showing it yet officially. Uh -huh. No, it's uh, it starts um in about um couple of weeks time, isn't it? I think yes. it isn't when you when you fin finally get to the end of Doctor Who. Isn't it? Isn't it sound like you get the end of Doctor Who and then the same uh, weekend? We're done with starting. Doctor Who. Are you? Okay. We have a anyway. new episode coming out this Saturday. Of what? The last episode we saw was the, uh, oh gosh, I can't, Venice, not Vampires of Venice, um, the, one the other one with Van Gogh. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that you, you guys are still in the US airing Doctor Who, aren't you? And I think the weekend that you air the last episode of this series of Doctor Who is the same weekend that they air the first episode of Being Human, I think. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, yeah, um, Danny, the the US haven't started showing yet, so we're, we're running ahead of the US. But because we only do one of these a month, once the US do start showing it every week, they'll very quickly go past us. So but that's fine. So when, when that happens, we are going to let Susie watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> Because that would just be really, really cruel if it's on TV and she's not allowed to watch it. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so Kemp obviously now knows about Nina, um, and you then, it then sort of all goes back to um, um, Nina back in the house. And you get that great scene where you can sort of see where Nina's mind's at because, you know, she's talking to, I think she's talking to Carl, isn't she, when she's going on about how they should all be locked up and quarantined. Is it Carl or is it George she's talking to? She's talking to someone anyway when she says about, you know, how, yeah, it's Carl, isn't it? Because Carl's reassuring her that, yeah, if you yeah, put safeguards in place, yeah, you put safeguards in place and it'll be fine. And she's like, well, yeah, it wasn't fine for me and it wasn't fine for you. <laughs> so... Um, which is interesting, but uh, oh, Nina and was sorry. kind of talking really nasty to him too. Oh, Nina's really pissed at the moment, isn't she? I know it. Someone <laughs> needs to just bitch slap her and get it over with. Tell her to chill. It's a good job she doesn't know about Daisy, really, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> uh, George would be missing certain parts of his anatomy right now, I think. But. <laughs> There wasn't enough Daisy in this episode. That's the only thing that was wrong with it. I, 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 I heard you calling her a skank in the last video. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I love Daisy. I think she's probably one of my favourite characters, if not my favourite character. Her and Ivan. I think they're absolutely brilliant. I, I, just so much fun and just a complete sort of different view on the yeah. vampires, you know. And I think that's sort of what Nina's not used to, in a sense, is sort of the fact that they're actually just enjoying it, you know. And up until yeah. then, she thought that, you know, Mitchell and George were, they were all like that, you know, just sitting around behaving themselves. And then... Does she Nina find out that she stooped him? Oh, wait, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. No, okay. no, no. She wanted him. Uh, here we go. Okay. Okay. You've come out with another one of your little phrases. Okay, what what the hell's that, Susie? Stooped. Does, does Nina find out that her and, uh, that George and... Yeah, we got what you meant, but uh, do they, do they <laughs> find out that they did it? So, but is, so is this a so is this a Texas expression then? Stooped? No, it's from my. Uh, it's an old word. I don't know. Okay, 
Fine. Anyway. It's, it's an old word. I think it's a very, very new word that you've just made up, actually. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Stooped. Um, our anyway. teacher at school uses it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you, you have to wait and see. But, I mean, I, I'm sort of sat in the... I mean, I actually... Um, yeah, I really like Ivan and Daisy as well. And bear in mind, the other bit that, unfortunately, Susie hasn't got to see is um, I don't think they've shown in the US all the prequel... Uh, little mini clips that we got on the website. So, I mean, because I love the Ivan and Daisy bit beforehand where they're in, out in China or whatever in that bar. I think I think they are on YouTube now. So, um, oh, they got to YouTube, have they? Okay. Yeah, they, they were on pretty soon after, I think, actually. I just... Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was very I'll have well. to check YouTube and see. Yeah, it's worth watching because it, it does really give you a great introduction to Ivan and Daisy. Yeah, and, and uh, obviously... You haven't seen any further than sort of past episode two, so I'm not going to sort of do any spoilers, but we do get another sort of flashback of, that sort of gives you a bit more of an insight into them as well, and that's brilliant. I like that. Yeah, no, I do too. I mean, I I, I like I, I do get sort of where Susie's coming from in terms of her behaviour is a little bit skanky, but I, I think that just adds to the, the mix of the show. Well, it might uh, change the more I see it too, the more I see the characters. Yeah, and and anyway, and if you if you two can admire the fact that you've got a naked Aiden, Aiden tied to a chair, then you know at least us blokes are allowed is a scant, you know, scantily clad female vampire running around. I think it'd be, it'd be a very boring show if we just everyone just sat there going, "Well, I think they're all lovely." You know, this is brilliant. They're all so nice to each other, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, but they could drink all that tea, couldn't they? That Annie keeps making. They could just sit around and just just you know drink tea. It'd be lovely. You know? <laughs> You have to rename it from being human to being British, wouldn't you? <laughs> Just sitting around drinking tea, eating hobnobs, and talking about the weather. Yes, it'd be lovely. <laughs> anyway, um, I've lost all track now. Where have we got to? Oh, yeah, um, you've got. Oh, sorry, I love the bit with Annie and Sol flirting in the bar, and Annie goes, I'm going to go over there now and take sneaky glances at you from behind my Take a Break magazine. Oh, that's sweet. Brilliant. It's so Annie, isn't it? It's great. So, um, okay. Oh God, yeah. And then I forgot about that. You got the whole bit. Um, just look at my little scribbled notes. Mitchell and Quinn. Um, mm. yeah. You got you know the fact that all the mechanisms that Herrick, bless him, had in place have now all started falling apart. I think that's uh, the first time anybody's ever used the phrase "bless him" in terms. You know, used <laughs> referring to Herrick. <laughs> Yes. You didn't realise how much he did. Oh, yeah. Well, he he might have been a complete bastard, but he was an effective bastard. You know, he he did keep a lid on everything and keep things under control. I have to say, that did make me laugh with Quinn. I mean, you've talked about how being British, and it just sort of, you know, I mean, Herrick's talked about the life that, you know, him and Mitchell had and just running around basically sleeping with anyone they wanted, killing anybody they wanted, having this grand old time, yet at the end of the day you find out that it all still comes down to paperwork, you know, and it yeah. all he has to sort of keep, keep writing Quinn a cheque and, you know, send him a letter and keep everything, yeah. you know, it's all bureaucracy, whatever it is. <laughs> there's there's a whole load of admin going on. Yeah. It's like, you, it's you feel so... to keep up with it all. You got you got to wonder, did Herrick go out and basically just like, you know, at some point in the past, you know, in the 1960s, go in and turn a whole typing pool somewhere? You know, it's like, okay, we need a whole bunch of admin people, okay? Because <laughs> when was going to work with them? 
No, but there's got to be a whole bunch of really bored vampires somewhere that just spend their whole life doing the books and writing checks to people. I have and... to say, we did we did have a conversation like this on the blog, and um, quite I think back in sort of series one time about how just I mean things that you wouldn't necessarily think about, and I doubt Toby's even ever thought about, but like. How do they get a haircut? Because you can't go to a hairdresser's, they can't show up in a mirror. That would sort of, you know, freak out the barber. So yeah. we basically discussed the fact that we thought, you know, that they went round and collected a hairdresser and, you know, somebody's do the girl's nails and <laughs> a chef and, you know, they just... Well, because you presume, I mean, you presume that their hair still grows. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've seen that from, you know, Mitchell in series one when he sort of yeah. goes through all these looks that he's had and... yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. Somebody must be doing all that. Um, but then hmm. again, if Toby did include that all in the program, it would be very boring in about five hours per episode. So yeah, yes, it's, it's like episode three, the hairdressing episode. It'd be great, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> Mitchell goes for manicure. <laughs> no, it's a uh, manicure. I mean, a, a, a mani pedi. Uh, so it's just the thought of George and Mitchell going for a spa day. <laughs> they could. They're liberated. Uh, well, you can imagine George doing it more than Mitchell, really, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I can't imagine Mitchell being pampered, really. You know, he sat there with cucumber on his eyes covered in clay and those hot rock things that they put on his... Uh, interesting. Oh, and... Um, anyway, so... Um, Oh, I love the fact that you find out how old Ivan is as well in this episode. He's what two hundred thirty-seven years old. Yeah, and which... I don't know if I don't know if Toby actually sort of thought about that, or if he sort of randomly plucked a number out there. But it would actually work out that he's exactly twice as old as Mitchell, which is interesting if you're me. You know, yeah, <laughs> probably not okay. to anybody else. But I no, I hadn't picked up on that one. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um... Oh, and um, I guess m- moving on through the um, for the episode, um, I-, I love the bit where Sol gets overly frisky with Annie, uh, and Annie just vanishes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's just poof gone. <laughs> and then you got George and Mitchell arguing with her. It's like, what do you mean vanished? Do you mean you got up and walked out of the room, and then he couldn't find you vanished? She's like, no, no, I oh, literally Mitchell, did vanish. <laughs> Uh, it's great. I, I, uh, I, I love that quote from her. It's, uh, what is it about me and what did she say? What is it about me and volatile, unsuitable men? Tell me the truth, George. Am I Ulrika Johnson? <laughs> I know it's really. Did Did you get that in America, Susie? Did you get Ulrika Johnson there, or? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we supposed to put a whole bunch of cars? Isn't it Ulrika Kakaka, and then Johnson? What yes. is that? Yeah. I don't know. Am I the only one that watches Vic and Bob? Fine. Um, it would seem so. <laughs> okay. Right. The yeah, she's um, a um, a TV celebrity type person over here. I don't actually know and... what she does do other than marry volatile, unsuitable men. Well, she used to read the weather when I was younger. Mm-hmm. A long, long time ago when I was very young. But anyway. Um, Oh well, I don't know. Anyway, we've probably devoted enough time to her already. The um, oh, because that that whole scene's also a bit where Mitchell's trying to find Carl, and George comes out with, you know, I don't know where he is. He's your murdering fugitive. You should keep a close eye on him or something. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, want to keep George him, you've got to look after. Kind of mean too. To yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. Oh well. 
but yeah, you're right. No, I think it's great. Annie um, sort of questioning why she always seems to pick those sort of men. So, um, well, they were mad at Annie for just disappearing on um, Sol. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter because Sol's dead anyway. So, well, you know. I mean, the thing is, is that from the first time you saw Sol, I mean, I don't know if a single fan of the show that. A, didn't think there was something sus about him, and B, just didn't trust him as far as you could throw up whatever. I mean, he was fairly you know, heavily telegraphed as not being particularly good. Mm. Um, and they always put him in... I mean, they were very clever, but they always put him in scenes with Hugh as well, who's just so lovely that, by contrast, Sol's going to look even more of a bastard. Yes. And, I mean, he's got... He had a lot of sort of clever little Herrick traits as well, um, sort of like the fact that he was on the drugs and we didn't know what they were for, and... That was sort of a thing in series one where Herrick was always popping these pills and nobody really knew what they were for because obviously he's a vampire, he couldn't be ill. And yeah. if you know he's on blood, we'd assume he wouldn't really need any more drugs. So we didn't really know what they were there for. And then, of course, Soul pops up doing the same thing and everyone's like, hang on a minute. Um, quite a lot of people on the blog and stuff thought he might be a vampire, but um, hmm. it's on my phone. Sorry. No, sorry. It's probably Susie's phone. Yes, it is. It's like Grand Central Station here. Okay, well, we'll, we'll keep talking while Susie goes and sorts the phone out. So, um, I'm trying to think where we've got to now. Um, um, all right, Sol being a bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and um, you've then got uh, Nina and George have that huge fight where Nina's just getting more and more fed up with the whole situation and then it cuts to Lucy and Mitchell bumbling along in the hospital again as they're uh, as Lucy's revealing how the uh, the plot with the, the gay vampire has progressed because now the body's gone missing and all this sort of stuff and Mitchell's trying to explain it all away about being some weird sex cult thing and uh, as uh, the, the whole bit about you know it's just boring people that dress up at the weekend and it's this whole elaborate ruse and you just think okay herrick would have covered this a lot more swiftly than you are it's just this huge elaborate outlandish explanation that he's come up with as to uh you know as to where the body's gone you know um i think that would have been funnier if that had actually happened but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but nina was mad i mean just Lucy. downright oh mad. nina oh yeah Oh yeah, Nina's well and truly getting annoyed. But I mean, this whole this whole thing happens um, uh, after Carl has made his his great escape, and and Ivan's loving it, isn't he? You know, because you get the impression that Ivan and Carl obviously go way back as well, and Ivan's not particularly impressed clearly with Carl's um, yeah, uh, sort of straight living ways, shall we say. And he's, he just, Ivan's reveling in the fact that Carl's fallen off his holier-than-thou pedestal, so to speak. But he was there to help him. And and I, I love he gets in the car and he's like, you got to listen to my music and tonight we're listening to Kate Bush. <laughs> I, I do, I love that car. I don't know what it is about being human. They have brilliant cars. Mitchell's car and the pilot and Series 1's just gorgeous and Ivan's. I love his quote about his car as well. If it's got a good well, body, yeah. it goes well and you enjoy being inside it. Why get rid of it? It's also a what to say a healthy attitude to marriage or something. So. Now this part did surprise me where Ivan did come to help because in Ivan's 
first portrayal, when I first saw him, you know, you thought, okay, this guy's going to be a major jerk. But then he came out and he helped. You know, even if he didn't want to, he came out, he still helped, you know, another fellow vampire. I, I think it's also the fact that him and Mitchell go back. I, I guess is the thing with, you know, Ivan's 200-odd years old, Mitchell's 100-odd years old. You get the impression that Carl's probably somewhere in between the two. That They've been friends on and off for over a century. Yeah. And as much as they might niggle and wind each other up, you know, they're just a bunch of mates at the end of the day, and they'll help each other out. And uh, I think you're right. I think you, I think the first impressions you got Ivan very quickly you realise are a little bit misplaced, that he's not as bad a bloke as as you perhaps thought he was. I know, um, so I'm anxious to see how, you know, Ivan and Daisy do pan out and how they do develop their characters. Yep. No, it's, um, yeah, anyway, that's for another day. But, yeah, I mean, the, um, the, it's, it's interesting to see how that stuff pans out. And you're right, how Ivan comes there, but he does love it, and you know the whole bit. You know, I, I just, you're right. I mean, playing, um, playing the Kate Bush, and, and tell you correct, the, the car is all, awesome, and all the cars are great. I think it's just a vampire. I think vampires just drive good cars. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know from a, a, a Buffy perspective, and Susie is a very large sort of spike fan girl. I'd um, say I've never actually seen it, so. <sighs> Although I do love James Masters, so I probably he's in is he in Buffy or Spike or he doesn't. I'm gonna sit back now. Okay, you you go and talk about James Masters for a bit. That's fine. Go no, on, no, you don't have to. I just I'm aware of him, but that's as far as my. No, Susie's a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good singer. He plays in uh, Buffy between you know Buffy and he was an Angel and let's see, he's done some movies. And he's got a good car. Huh? And he's got a good car. People like Spike's car. Oh, yeah, he's got a pretty neat car. I'll sort of bring it back to why I brought it up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have to say that's that's one of the other reasons I'm very excited about Series 3 because I'm a Torchwood fan as well, and obviously Kai Owen coming to the cast will be pretty amazing. Yep. No, they've had a bunch of fairly big-ish name from a British TV show. Yeah. who's also amazing and sort of very well known. I think he's got such a sort of a big fan base on his own that I think a lot of people will actually start watching Series 3 just because, you know, he's in it. And It, it does show, doesn't it, how, how the show's matured in terms of popularity, that it's appealing and pulling in mm-hmm. um, bigger name sort of UK um, TV people. Um, and also, um, oh, Thingy from EastEnders. Lacey Turner. Lacey, yeah. Is it Lacey Turner? Yeah, Lacey. Yeah, I always think, is it? Because she played a character called Stacey, and I think is Stacey's real name Lacey, and it all gets very confusing. But yeah, she's um, she's going to be in it as well. I and, have to uh, say, I've not actually. I don't. I don't really do soaps, so I've not really seen her in anything. But um, from what everybody said, she's she's really good. And Aiden and yeah. Sinead have both said they kind of they seem quite keen on her. So I'll trust their judgment. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I don't particularly watch soaps either, but she's. Um, yeah, she's done some pretty big parts in that. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. But yeah, I guess Susie, a lot of these names probably don't mean much to you. But there's a whole bunch of people that have been in a lot of well-known 
popular British TV shows for many, many years are all now starting to pop up as extras and as parts in season three. So whereas in previous seasons, a lot of the actors you wouldn't, you, you may have recognised you know, from a, a UK perspective, but a lot of them were unknowns or fairly low-key people you haven't seen in things before. Um, not wishing to take anything away from the job they did, but they weren't sort of household names. There's a lot more household names appearing in season three. And uh, as Tony says, that's potentially going to bring a whole bunch of extra people into the fan base. Because everybody so, wants to jump on the bandwagon as something good. Yeah. I think another sort of the music as well, I think that's another indication because obviously the show's always had brilliant music. Series one did as well. But um, yeah. obviously, when it came to making the DVD of series one, um, a lot of the music was changed because they couldn't get the ba- they couldn't get the bands to agree. No, and all of yeah. a sudden, series two, um, the music. I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it changed at all. Actually, to the DVD, uh, no, they I had don't some think it pretty did. big bands. You know, they had the Mumford and Sons on that um, scene with Carl, which was just lovely. And I mean, they're sort of an amazing band. So to actually, you know, I'm glad they managed to keep that this time around. And I think that's another indication of sort of how successful it's become that bands actually want to have their songs on it you know they want to get the exposure so yeah. they obviously think it's good it's it's got some some yeah some um clout now within the industry it's got some presence to it that it didn't have originally uh, which is good because it hopefully implies that we'll get more than just season three um but uh, anyway, we we, dig- we digress so well, at the end we'll, we'll after we wrap this up we'll have a quick chat about where things are at with the US being human as well, because that'll be fun. Um, so anyway, I mean, so you've got the bit, Carl heads off in his container ship, um, and uh, and then it all sort of comes to the final part of the episode where Annie he, Annie's comes in the hospital to see Sol because, you know, Sol's been injured in a car accident, and Sol dies, and the whole point is that Sol's there to drag Annie back to, uh, well... You don't quite know where he's going to drag her to, but it doesn't seem to be a nice place. And at the last minute, Sol does the honourable thing and sort of saves Annie. And uh, she's a bit shaken up, and you think, okay, well, fair enough. She's got away from it, and and there's the bit in the kitchen, isn't there, where the radio comes on, and she's a bit freaked out by the radio. But you sort of think, oh, well, that's it. She's fine. Move on. Um, And then she goes to the pub. And it's really sad, isn't it, when she goes into the pub to see Hugh. And, um, that was absolutely heartbreaking. Just after, yeah. you know, she started to get somewhere with him as well and, you know, she's starting to sort of feel like she's normal again and then that just sort of takes yeah. her right back again, doesn't it? It's horrible. The see, sudden realisation. I forgot all about that part until, you know, I was just reading up the synopsis. We were sitting here chatting and then I remembered and you and I, Andy, had had this conversation before right after I had seen that, remember I was kind of upset and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause yeah. Annie, I just, that just ripped my heart out. Just him trying to take her over to the other side and her screaming and pleading and, you know, them trying to get into the room to get her and save her. And, and then all of a sudden she's back to square one invisible to everybody. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I cowl in a later episode, they do make reference to the fact, Susie, that you know, the fact that she could be seen wasn't a normal state for a ghost, the ghosts aren't supposed to be seen, you know, and whatever caused her to be seen, that set of, of events has now stopped, you know, so she's back now as a ghost. So um, sad, you know, 
Um, and yeah, and then the episode pretty much um, uh, comes to a, a close with the, you know, if, if you think that bit's sad, the end bit then where Nina stood and Kemp comes up and introduces himself and you like just want to scream at the TV for her to run, you know, because you want Nina to get as far away from him as you possibly can because you know what he's got in store for her um, and she can't see it. And, and it's and, not hugs and puppies. <laughs> no, and and her mind is completely in the wrong place to have an objective conversation with Kemp, you know. I think it's all after that scene sorry. as sorry that scene as well when she leaves. I think that's it's it shows how much I suppose how much it has changed of the fact that she leaves leaving George a letter after sort of in series one when George tried to dump her by a letter. You know, she went absolutely mad and saying sort of how disgraceful it was and how he might as well have dumped her by text and after oh, all God, yeah. after all saying that she decides to run off with no you know just leaving him a note which oh i'd forgotten about that no you're right yeah that's god yeah she's sorry i'm making she's... you digress again you're both sat there with episode synopsises I, this is out of my head it doesn't come no no this is brilliant no, no i mean i'm all i've got is i i try okay before we record an episode i try and rewatch the episode sometime in the week before and if there's key bits in the episode i want to make sure we don't forget i try and scribble them down and normally I le- I forget one or two, and somebody pulls me up on it. But I try and make some some notes along on along the way. Um, but no, but that's great. No, I hadn't actually thought about that. But you're right. Right way back, you know, she's done to him. She well, she's behaved in a way that she thought was unacceptable previously. And, and she just did uh, it to him, though. Yeah, and you're right. It shows where where she's gone to, you know, from where she was before. But uh, huh. Okay, uh, and then it, and then the episode ends. So, I mean, I, I, I guess we say it every time. I mean, every, every single time we see, we we talk about one of these episodes, we can't believe how much is packed into one episode, and the fact that unlike a lot of TV shows, I mean, Tony, do you think that there's ever been an episode of Being Human that's like a filler episode that's just put into sort of mark time as you progress through the main story arc. I mean, I've never really seen an episode of it that hasn't had pretty awesome something going on in it. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I don't... I mean, obviously, some episodes are better than others, but I think um, sort of in comparison to each other, but in comparison to other TV shows, I mean, they're all brilliant, you know. I think, like yeah. you say, there's never sort of an episode where you feel it's just sort of rushing through stuff to explain what's going to happen next, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sort of each... I can't remember actually if it was Toby who said it, if it was somebody to do with Doctor Who who said it's sort of every time you finish an episode, it's a good thing to think, oh, damn, that's another film we can't write. You know, the fact that it's actually got enough to fill a feature film, really, in each episode. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, there are some there are some TV series that cover less than a whole series than it covers in an episode. Mm. You know, it's um, yeah. I mean, there are things that they really they could have dragged out a lot more. Like, I, I mean, we always we all thought sort of while waiting for series two that the George and Nina thing and about her finding out obviously that she was a werewolf. I mean, we were all assuming that that was going to run on for the whole series two. I mean, by the end of. <laughs> By halfway through episode one, it's... it's the, the, it was done. Yeah. And it's, it's like, God, if they've 
got that out of the way already, you know, they must, you know, they've got even bigger and better things and it's just... Yeah. Well, we've said that a few times before when, when Susan and I talked about other things in the show, there's quite a few occasions where there's been parts of the storyline where other shows would have dragged that out for two or three episodes mm-hmm. and, and made hay out of it, you know. And the fact that Toby just sort of just goes, okay, that's done with, slam, gone, move on. And, they don't and, dwell and on sla- it, you're right. No, and then you just get hit with the next thing and it's like, whoa, okay. Um, how much stories you try to pack into this, um, which is great. So, so Susie, any, any other thoughts on things you know, from your your perspective in terms of I, I know we talked previously about um, your views on how the relationships are progressing between George and Nina and Lucy and Mitchell and uh, and so on and so forth any more thoughts on the relationships based on what you've seen in episode two uh, no I'm just the the whole George and Nina thing I mean I'm just wondering how many people feel like I do sometimes you know of Nina put your big girl panties on you're a werewolf deal with it <laughs> You know, instead of she's crying and whining and belly aching, and I'm just glad they didn't carry it out for the entire series because had they, they probably would have lost me on that storyline because it's like, no, 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 you're a werewolf, put your big girl panties on, deal with it. He's trying to help you, you know, just deal. I you know, like with what they did. Like that. She's. I don't. I don't think she's ever sort of. I mean, obviously, she had the sort of big crying thing when she admitted it to George, and she sort of properly just sort of sat there sobbing her heart out but I mean I don't think she's really she's always been a really sort of strong woman you know she doesn't take any shit does she really I mean the first no, time she, you ever see she her doesn't. yeah and she just I don't think she really I mean she's got a really sort of like hard on the outside but you know she's a really sort of loving person really but I don't think she's ever sort of sat around crying about it I mean she does sort of she doesn't like the way that George goes about it but I don't think she seems too worried about herself, if that makes more sense. She's sort of she's more worried about what she might do to other people than actually what's happened to her, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. So I don't think she sort of sits around feeling sorry for herself, you know. I think she just wants to deal with it really, but doesn't know how. There you go, you're stunned out of silence. <laughs> it's just my thing's gone off. Are you still there? Yeah, no, we're here. Are you there, Susie? Because it says you've gone. Is Susie gone? Oh. Okay, maybe Susie's gone. Yeah, for, for those of you listening to this, because um, there's, well, Susie out in Texas, there's some bad storms and stuff, so there's a good chance that she's been, if we made it through as long as we have without her being killed by the storm, then we're, we're doing well. So, um, my first Skyping experience, so I'm quite excited. I'm quite glad yeah. I just haven't accidentally hung up on you or anything. No, no, it is, this is this is going well. So, well, um, we'll wait a second and hopefully Susie comes. Up. What happens every now and again? There's a huge thunderstorm and there'll be a big lightning strike and it will just take out Susie's network connection or take or spike the power, uh, and then she'll reappear in about a minute or two's time. Um, but frankly, we're actually Should near I enough. Carry on talking. Yeah, no, you you keep we'll keep on talking because I'll probably just leave all this in because this is fine. Okay. Um, I'm sure she'll be back Just in a second. Just a little message that popped up saying, dang it. Would that be her? Cause I don't yeah, that'd be her. I'm sure she's going to come back in a second. I'll try, I'm going to try calling her and see if I can bring her back in. Hello. Hey, you're back. 
I know. Hey, it only disconnected once on us, right? I know. We nearly made it to the end. I thought I was. It's my thought. I was just thinking to myself, whoa, we've made it near enough to the end without Susie Jinx being cut it. off. Yeah, wow. sorry. Well, I only jinxed if I said it out loud. I didn't say it out loud, but I still got jinxed. It's not fair. So, anyway, so I, I'm sorry. Have you got any other thoughts or comments on episode two? Because if not, I'd just like to grab a minute just to talk about where things are at with the US no, sci fi. Ready for I... the next one. Oh, go Sorry, ahead. Tony. Are you talking to me? Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying, have you got any other comments in episode two you want to make? Oh, or, or if not, we'll talk about it for another three hours, but I won't. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually, I will just say that, I mean, I know we talked about the music to the DVD and stuff, but um, Richard Wells, who's the composer for it, I think he, this episode in particular, I just think he does an absolutely brilliant job. I think the music is... I think it's such a big part of being human. It's one of the things that people always comment on, saying how brilliant it is. And I just think mm-hmm. this episode in particular did absolutely brilliantly. And he actually sort of went back to using some of the Series 1 music as well um, for the bits where sort of George is talking about Herrick and stuff. I think that really worked, really worked well. And then there's the other guy who I can't remember his name. Um, I think it's Rob or Ross or somebody who does all the other music, like the Mumford & Sons and the things that's actually, you know, pre-recorded stuff. And mm-hmm. again, there's just some awesome songs. And I bet when after an episode of Being Human, I bet the bands who've been in it, I bet their album sales just go up no end. Because <laughs> I mean, I've discovered like loads of my favourite bands from this show. So I think the music's a part that doesn't get enough credit, really. Um, and it's one of the things that people always talk about, but not sort of the critics and that, which you know they should do. Cause it's brilliant. Yeah. No, I mean, we um, uh, there's an episode of the podcast um, with Odile. I don't know if you've heard that one, but where um, Odile and I talked about the music in the first season mm. of Being Human, because Odile is also a huge fan of the music of um, uh, of the show. And we are planning, once we've gone through talking about the whole of season two, of having a, another music-based show just talk about the music of the second season. So, sorry, um, I've not heard that one. I haven't heard all of them, so if I'm okay. repeating what you've said, I'm sorry. No, 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 it, it's fine. No, I mean, it's, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the summary view of that. Of, of you know, we talked before then was that you know the music is fantastic and it really adds to the show. Um, I don't know if you've both seen the pilot, have you? The one that went out, but um, sort of the thing with Annie and Soul and talking about the men with sticks and rope and stuff, and that was something that wasn't actually ever mentioned in the series. It was only mentioned in the pilot um so obviously to somebody who's not seen that i think that was quite a like a new thing for this episode but obviously to us guys who've sort of been with it since the pilot that was a nice sort of nod back to that you know sort of it doesn't get totally ignored and it's one of the things that you know everybody commented on about the pilot and how sort of it was really spooky the way it was dealt with and i thought i thought that was really good i'm glad they brought that back because i think it was a good bit of the pilot it's nice where they close the loop on some of these things mm. so okay i know i'm gonna have to go back and uh watch you know go back and look again mm. and also they've, okay. they've actually they've reused some of um they i don't know if if you've watched the deleted scenes from um series one and um yeah and there's a line that mitch used in this episode about um, oh, it's brilliant! Our life is one long rollover week, which is actually from a really long scene that they cut from series one, which was sort of a brilliant scene. And how you were saying about sort of Mitchell's turned into George—that was actually a George line in series one, 
and they cut it out and sort of gave it into gave it to Mitchell in this scene. <laughs> and I thought that was obviously funny because it's something. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting to me, probably not to anybody else. Sorry. No, no, no. Interesting. I'm sure it's. <laughs> yeah. Any anyone that's um, geeky enough to spend the time that we do making a podcast about being human, <laughs> it's it, it's very interesting. We'll see you later. Okay. Oh, I'll see you later, guys. So anyway, um, the other thing I just wanted to quickly just touch on is, um, I, I guess Susie, you've seen the news that they've started announcing some of the casting of um, the US being human. A um, little bit. Yeah, and there's some guy from Smallville and some other guy and stuff. And I think it's just my only worry is is that you know, they've now cast, some, you know, they've cast someone that plays essentially Mitchell's mentor. And I'm thinking, why does Mitchell need a mentor? Mm. You know, I, I'm starting to get... You know, we, we I... I I originally tried my best to have a very open view of what how the US version of being human will turn out. And I'm still trying to think it's going to be fantastic and it's going to bring lots of people into watching Being Human who will then go back and find the BBC show to find out where it all comes yeah, from. That's what I was saying, stay and hopefully yeah. that'll happen, you know. If it's Yeah, I mean that's what you'd expect. But my fear is is that when I'm, the more I hear about the direction the US show is taking, the more I start to worry. Um but we shall see. I've not actually so. read that much about it, but I I did um read a couple of things today and it's the thing that got me is that they've called their vampire, they've renamed George Josh, they've renamed yes. Annie Molly, and yep. they've now apparently renamed Mitchell Aiden, which of course yes. Aiden plays Mitchell in our version. So that's just that's just Weird. confusing. I don't know why they've done that. I think um I don't know what's wrong with the names in the first place. Well, I mean, okay, George and Annie are sort of are very English names really, but I know Americans call George, so, you know, yeah. it's... Not... Well, George isn't that English now, okay, and, and even, I mean, doesn't Annie go get your gun? That's American. So, I think they just yeah. want to sort of make, make sure that everyone knows that it's a show in its own right and it's different. And I mean, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think I'm one of the only sort of UK fans who is. I mean, if it's rubbish, you know, it's rubbish. It's not ruined our show. It's not... You know, it's not caused us any harm, but it might turn out to be really good. And then, if it is, you know, hopefully that'll bring new people to watch our yeah. show. And yeah, I... no, no, I totally agree. I think it's, um, I think it's pointless to slag something off when you haven't seen it. Mm. You know, I mean, because we all, we all moan about the fact that people don't, you know, make complimentary comments about um, complimentary comments about being um about being human who haven't seen being human yeah um i mean that's the thing so it's someone you go oh, it's a vampire a werewolf and a ghost showing house in bristol like, it does sound like a really awful episode of jeremy kyle really but i mean you get into and that's just the thing i mean you have to sort of you have to give things a chance and i think my worry isn't so much that it's going to be totally different is it's going to try and keep it too much the same and i think as long as they take it in a completely different direction then it could work. I mean, it's an interesting premise. It didn't have to go this way at all. You've got so much sort of scope to do what you like with it, really. So I just don't want them to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, but... But I think to some extent there is... 
if they make it really, really bad, then hopefully people will come and look at the the BBC one and think, hey, this is so much better, and they'll watch that. And if it's really, really good, hopefully they'll go look at the BBC one and go, hey, this is really good, and they'll go watch that. So I'm, I'm hoping that whatever they do with it, essentially you're going to have a US studio with all the funding it has behind it promoting this thing, mm. promoting the Being Human brand in the US. And I'm hoping that will get more people watching the BBC America, yeah. you know, show. And if, if, so, it's, if it is really, really awful, then, you know, ours will just look much better by comparison. So, indeed. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all good. Um, like you said, I mean, they've got they've got a huge budget for it, haven't they? Which I think that's one of the things that people always loved about our being human, the fact that it was quite obvious that they didn't have the biggest budget in the world but i think with lower budget films with lower budget tv programs more effort goes into the actual story you know and that was the thing this has always been very story-led and even in the first series where the george's werewolf did look like it should be more at home on sesame street you look past that (laughs) because it's so well written you know and okay now they've improved the werewolves and they've sort of moved more into muppets i suppose but you know they're getting better and it's but you just you look past all that, and I'm just no. I think if yeah, it's going to have one failing, I think that they'll probably might put a too too much emphasis onto effects and you know blowing all their budget on making it look spectacular, and actually it'll just have no story behind it. So yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's one of the things of many British TV shows is that you know they never necessarily have the best, but you know best um, special effects, but it, it's the story that's that is what drags you in what appeals um so we'll see we'll see so anyway i think we're about done um we've been talking for quite a while sorry and, have i made uh, your podcast like five times longer than it normally no no that's brilliant no yeah so um i i think we'll uh we'll wrap it up and uh and we'll sort of call it a day there so thank you tony for joining us it's been a lot of pleasure i, hope I know thank you <laughs> So you're more than welcome to come back and join us again sometime. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I'll see what the people who sort of listen to you guys normally, I'll see what they say because I may have sort of ruined their little show. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm sure all five of them will love it. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, Tony. So um, I think, Susie, we'll, we'll probably just wrap it up, up there. And uh, um, thank you, everyone, for... Uh, for listening and as per usual we'd love to hear from you so you know leave us some feedback you can either leave us some feedback on the uh, the website or you can email us feedback at feedback at beinghumancast.com uh, you can leave comments on iTunes that would be very nice you can phone us and leave comments on our phone and we can play them uh, there's lots of ways of leaving comments so p- please do um, and uh we look forward to speaking with you again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Susie, any other final thoughts or comments from yourself? Um, I'm going to watch episode three this weekend. Sorry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later. Okay. <laughs>